You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. From the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Brad. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 888, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Just a reminder that all of us on the Mousecapades and More podcast are travel agents. If you're looking to book a trip, we would be glad to help. Just text Vicki at 636-373-4497, and she'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact us today. First off, I would like to say I hope that everybody had a very Merry Christmas. We're kind of having a chill Christmas uh, vacation in Branson, Missouri. So that is why Brad agreed to help me do a little news report for you guys. So it probably won't be as long as normal, but it will give you some updates as to what's going on right now in the world of Disney. So some reporters have had some very interesting things to say because Brad, as you know, Usually Christmas and Christmas Eve, that, that time, that week is supposed to be absolutely crazy. But the reporters and guests are reporting that it's actually kind of dead, especially in Epcot on Christmas Eve. There was an Italian uh, bar in the pavilion that was empty. People couldn't believe that it was empty and expected to see a lot more people. There weren't even that many people in the World Showcase, which is kind of weird to me. At the Magic Kingdom, the highest wait time for seven was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and they said it was 113 minutes for Christmas Day, which is the day that we are recording this. And even though that's close to two hours, we both know that's far lower than the time that it's been past Christmases. And most of the wait times in the Magic Kingdom were 30 minutes or less. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And do we think this is going to continue during the holidays? Yeah, 30 minutes or less on Christmas around Christmas or Christmas Day. That's kind of insane, kind of unheard of at this point in the world of Disney. So I don't know what's happening. I mean, I have my clients leaving tomorrow, so I'm kind of hoping it's staying for them like that. But we also know we are, we've known for a few weeks now that Magic Kingdom is complete and Epcot are completely reserved for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That's why when they said it was kind of a ghost town, I was like, what? Um, And we know that the 30th of December and the 31st of December are completely reserved and or sold out for those two parks. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens. Good for those people. If they can cash in on a low volume day, good for them. No kidding. Well, since the pandemic, is it really possible to go to Disney without someone at some point starting a problem? Apparently, a family dressed in matching pajamas started a fight with another family. A woman in festive flannel pants shouted at and put her hands in front of another couple at Epcot. As the conflict escalated, more members of the pajama-wearing family arrived. One young man took off his flannel shirt and approached, yelling at the other party. Most of what they said was indiscernible, 
Now, the other couple responded but didn't raise their voices, and eventually another man approached to break up the fight. It's unclear if he belonged to either of those parties. Uh, thankfully, this verbal altercation didn't end up in a physical fight, but really, people, it's Christmas, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, not yelling at your fellow man. I don't know. Can we just pull it together and act like for and act like adults for just one week, one day, or even one hour at this point? I don't know. I just was like, really? Seriously? People! I don't know. So, will 2024 be a bad year for Disney Plus? I guess we're going to have to find out. But recently, uh, critics are saying that they feel like it's going to be a bad year for them because a hashtag was started um, in October, actually, that was hashtag cancel Disney Plus. And it was trending um, because there's so many changes going on. So when the streaming service started November of 2019, Disney had no idea what would happen the following year with the pandemic closing down, causing so many more people to join as subscribers because their goal was to hopefully have 60 to 90 million subscribers by 2024, which we haven't even reached well, of course, this year, this past year, 2023, the number sailed to 150 million subscribers ahead of their goal, which, of course, was good for Disney. Sadly, now they've started removing shows and movies from their streaming service, and they raised the cost to have an ad-free streaming service. And so that's when, I don't know who started it, didn't say in the article, but someone started the hashtag cancel Disney plus. And since October, that hashtag has been shared 510% more than it was before the prices were raised on Disney plus. So what do you think? Do you think Disney should be worried? Do you think more subscribers are going to leave? What are your predictions, Brad? I think people are getting very fed up. I think Disney's on a short leash. I think I've said this before, a much shorter lease than they've ever been before and that people have given them leeway for before because of all the things that have happened. And I think everybody just thinks it's a money grab at this point, which some of this really does feel like that. Like, oh, let's amass as many subscribers as we can. Then once we have a millions of them, we'll just raise the price and that immediately bolsters the bottom line. Oh, and by the way, we'll just remove stuff too. I don't get the whole removing stuff. I don't get that. So I can kind of see if you're pushing out a lot more content and making stuff, you know, available all the time, but I don't know that that's happening. So I think they've got to be careful. I'm not going to say it's going to go south on them in the short term, but it might in the long term. I don't know. It's definitely going to be uh, interesting. I know that some critics are saying that they just went in full force too fast in a time which they had no way of knowing that in 2019 that a pandemic was going to happen. It'll just be interesting to see what 2024, what they do in 2024. Do they try to do another uh, price hike? Do they keep removing stuff? You know, that's not going to bode well for them if they keep doing those things. And it seems really ridiculous because they own that stuff. Any money they're making off that is money that wasn't being made when they were in the hash, you know, or the quotes vault. Yeah. Those things were just sitting there. At least now they're making money off of them. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Something to watch for the upcoming year. So moving on, the Frozen ride in Epcot will be closing on January 24th and January 25th. It's a brief closure and supposedly will allow for some necessary maintenance. It's normal for rides and attraction to close from time to time. Uh, but the closures usually last for more than a 
one or two days. So we hope that this upcoming closure will not affect any plans you may have made for your trip to the most magical place on earth. Yeah, sometimes they they do these one-offs and you're, it catches you by surprise. Most of them, I think, are planned out, you know, so people can prep for that. But sometimes they do come along with these one-offs that this, oh yeah, that's going to be down for this day and this day. Well, unfortunately, if those are the days you're planning to be there, you might get unlucky. But hopefully that doesn't affect too many people, I hope. Yeah, I'm hoping that if anybody's there, they're going to be there more than one day and they maybe can move things around in their trip. Now, of course, if they do like a situation where we were there for like two days, that would kind of stink. But honestly, my opinion, now I realize if you've never been there before, this is not your opinion, but I could live without doing that ride one time if I missed it. There's other rides that I'd be more sad about, like Soren. Yeah. Well, a few days before Christmas, some half-clothed baby dolls were spotted in the fountains near Cinderella's castle. And at first, the sight of the baby dolls was causing the guests to want to jump in because when they weren't close by, they couldn't tell they were baby dolls. They thought they were babies. And so they had to take a double take at these dolls floating by. And what it seemed like is that some children just threw their dolls in the water when their parents weren't looking. They're not entirely certain how those dolls got there. Was somebody doing that like as a joke or to see what would happen? But if a guest is caught doing something like that, they would immediately be removed from the park. The thing that the guests found the most interesting was they came back later in the day and those dolls were still floating in the fountains. I would have thought they would have removed those immediately. Well, I guess they didn't tell a cast member based on what I was reading because I'm thinking, well, if you told somebody, I'm assuming they would try to get those out. But maybe they were thinking, we'll just leave. I have no idea. I would have said, hey, do you know there's some baby dolls? in the fountain to a cast member because there's generally enough around that you could say that to them. But they came back later in the day. I would just think that's something that cast members would monitor pretty closely, like fountains and those things. I would think they monitor those just themselves and would notice something like that and take care of it immediately. But I don't think it's something that happens all the time. So maybe they didn't know to do that. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Poor babies. (laughs) No pun intended. Oh, so before entering the journey of water in Epcot, guests must leave their strollers in stroller parking, just like at many other attractions at Disney World. But apparently, one recent guest went on Reddit trying to make it seem like they were targeted by Disney cast members when she wasn't allowed to bring her stroller into the new attraction. Well, the guest did not receive the support she wanted from people, so she removed her post. However, the comments can still be read from other guests, letting this guest know that what the rules are and pointing out that she was trying to get sympathy for breaking the rules. So good try. I don't know if they were trying to get their 15 minutes of fame or what, but sounds like people weren't having it. No, I know. You got to love when that happens, when somebody's trying to take advantage of a situation and then it comes back to bite them in the rear end. Yeah. And I think people have gotten, I think people have wised up to when people are trying to do that better than they have been in the past. So, but honestly, all of these TikTok challenges don't help and that kind of stuff. No, they don't. They don't. You're right. So rumor has it that the Maleficent dragon at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando is going to be removed from the parades. Now, of course, this is a rumor, so don't start freaking out, but it's widely known by a lot of people, which typically means it's probably going to happen. So when it first debuted, of course, it was this amazing thing 
not that it's not now that breathes fire, but it's had so many issues over time. And they're thinking that the big metal dragon has now done its time and it's a lot to handle. I'm, you know, I don't know what all the mechanical things are that they have to do for it, but I'm sure they have to check it more closely now because of the fire situation that they had in the past. So People are thinking that in January, we may not be seeing this Maleficent dragon anymore as grand and awesome as it is. His time might be up because if you look on the website, the official Disney parade schedule for Festival of the Fantasy Parade is only going to run at 3 p.m., which it used to. If you remember, Brad, that was a big joke. What time does 3 p.m. parade start? But currently it's 12 and 3 and it's listed only as one time and people are just forecasting that it's um because that dragon's being taken away i don't know the facts and of course we will let you know as soon as we do but i thought that was interesting because i do know that some people that like that's a make or break for the parade for them it's kind of weird disney's forthcoming about some things but not others so sometimes things just disappear and go away and with no real explanation whereas other things are planned announced in advance and it's a known thing. So I don't know what the the rhyme or rule is for which one these things fall into. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Does it just magically disappear from the parade? If it does, then we'll know, well, they were looking to get rid of it. And now they have. So check back with us in January, I guess, and we'll let you know what happens. So even though some guests and reporters think that the crowds are down at Disney, it doesn't appear that way when we look at the Genie Plus cost. At 7.30 a.m. on December 23rd, two days before Christmas, Genie Plus was being sold for 35 bucks, indicating that Disney was expecting large crowds. So I guess time will tell if the price soars higher in the days to come before the next new year. We'll see. I don't know. Do you know what the top price has been so far? So... They never gave a top price, but so far, 35 has been the top. Oh, okay. But the fact that they raised it to 35 in preparation for what they thought was coming is weird. I hope that's not right. I just feel bad because they do have clients going. They're going to be there. I told you for like 12 days. I'm really strong. There's five of them. I'm really strongly encouraging them to only do it one time at a couple of the parks just because... I just feel like it eats away at your bank account. Well, that's what I was just thinking, looking at the 35 bucks. I mean, just for two people, that's 70 bucks right there. I mean, that's a lot of money to be chunking down on. I mean, you've already paid your ticket cost to get in the park. It it racks up quick, real quick. So, yeah, I I hope the price doesn't stay at that level long. I I truly hope it was a deterrent, them trying to deter or control crowd levels, but you get the feel that mm, probably wasn't since what we're seeing right now is, you know, in your other article, it said, where are all the people? Like the crowds are down. Right. So it makes you wonder why is that? Why'd they do that? So. Yes, we'll just wait and see like everything else. It's a wait and see kind of thing. It is. It is. So this week, a federal jury has ruled against Walt Disney World in a costly uh, lawsuit, which is interesting to me because a lot of times, as you well know, Disney does not lose. They're ordering the media company to pay at least $250,000 in damages and a recommended $345,098 to the Reardon LLC, a company that claims that Disney used its copyrighted motion capture technology in the live action Beauty and the Beast remake. 
So according to the court documents, a Northern California jury determined that Disney had used Mova Contour Software, a motion capture tech developed by engineer Steve Perlman without the permission of the Reardon LLC. The company that owns it, it's copyright. Reardon's LLC's legal team accused Disney of using it proprietary technology improperly by working with Digital Domain, the visual effects company behind Disney projects like Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, and Tron Legacy, and multiple Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Reardon claimed that the Digital Domain acquired MOBA Contour via a rogue employee and that it was improperly used to digitally animate the face of the beast. So, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket. I mean, I'm trying to be ugly, but that is really a drop in the bucket for them as far as money goes. But you hardly ever see Disney lose. Yeah. And I can't imagine that they're not just going to pay that and just to make it go away with how much they probably made on the film. It's a right very small percentage, a drop in the bucket for Disney, that kind of money. But again, that goes to show you, I mean, they say it's a rogue employee. Who knows how the full story played out? I don't know if this is somebody who had a vendetta against Disney and was trying to stick it to them or how that played out. I don't know. But obviously they had pretty good proof if they if the court documents say they they agreed that they used the technology in illegally without copyright. Everybody has to follow the laws. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. So as we know, the movie Wish was supposed to be the movie that brought Disney back to the top of the box office and put them back on the map, so to speak. Well, while it's still in theaters, it doesn't seem that it will be the box office hit that Disney was hoping for during the 100th anniversary. And so with that information, Disney started discounting the large amount of Wish merchandise in an effort to sell it in the parks and on Shop Disney. And while many have criticized the movie, Kaylee, our daughter, she has over and over again told us that this movie is a great movie with amazing music. I do agree with her on the music. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't listened to some of the tracks. The move, the the music is really, really good. So we're encouraging you to go see it and make your own opinion. You may find that the critics don't always see something that you might see that you like about the movie. So I'm willing to give this one a shot. I do kind of want to see this one eventually. I do too. I think there's so much there and there is so much negativity coming out. I feel like um, nothing is given a shot anymore. We're automatically assuming it's going to be bad. And no offense, you know, there is sometimes there's good reason for that. If you've had a string of things that haven't gone well, people assume it's not going to be good again. But I think that's something that Disney has to work on digging out of because they have not been having good things recently in succession. So I think once they get something good, they've got to just try to build on it and try to do successive things that are good. Unfortunately, right now, I feel like they're kind of flailing, just trying different things to see if they can find what works. I don't feel like they found their way back yet. Not fully. We'll see. But yeah, wish. I think give it a shot. So on January 9th, which is really close when we first found out about this, it seemed like forever away. But not only will the Disney dining plan be returning, but also the all day park hopping is going to return. And since the pandemic, we all know that park hopping has only happened after 2 p.m., and that was, oh, I don't know. I think that was six or eight months after they reopened the parks. So with the return of the all-day park hopping, guests are starting to wonder, should they buy the one park uh, base ticket or should they buy park hoppers? And recently, I would say definitely go with the base ticket. And a lot of times I tell clients that um, I'm not going to try to make money off people if I feel like it's going to be too much 
for their family, especially if it's their first time going. I really don't recommend you do more than a base ticket, like one park per day, unless you're going to go to one park in the morning and one park in the afternoon and take a break in the middle. The break in the middle is key, but I digress because now you have the option to visit all four parks in one day and it's actually feasible. I'm not saying it's a good idea, as you know, but it is feasible if you would like to do that. Um, People are having a hard time deciding, is it worth the money to go ahead and bump up where before most people only could go to two parks in one day, wore them out to just go to those two parks because they had to wait so long in the day. But now you have that option. So people are having a hard time to decide or deciding what they should do. And if you're wondering that, I would be happy to help you figure out which is the most cost effective for you when you're going on a trip, because it is something you have to think about. Again, the ticket prices change from day to day, month to month. It's crazy. It's kind of like the stock market, not exactly, but similar as far as if they know it's going to be busy, it's going to go up. And if they think it's going to be a dead time, then it'll be a little less money. Well, then you need to figure out um, how much more that park upper is going to be. That's what my job is, is to figure that all out for you to decide if you it would be worth your time. And um, I know that we're going at the end of January, beginning of February, and our friends, we recommended they get the park hopper just because then we would have a day free in the middle. And because money wise, it really was a better choice for us. And so that's just for us. I need to, you know, I would need to talk to you to find out what is this your first time? And are you taking small children and that kind of stuff? But I would be more than happy to help you figure that out. But it's a good point because up until now, Brad, you know that 2 p.m., you know, usually we were taking a nap by then. Yeah. And we didn't want to give up our nap so we could go park hot. I don't know. It's just things to think about for your family. Yeah. Well, did you know that you can buy Disneyland tickets on Target's website? It's true. When you buy your Disneyland tickets on Target's website, you can earn free Target gift cards. For a limited amount of time, Target is giving a $20 gift card for every $100 you spend on Disneyland park tickets. That's a pretty good deal. That's a really good deal. Target is a sponsor of Disney now, and they have tons of Disney merchandise. Yeah. That was a good hookup. And I did want to mention one thing. And Vic, I don't know if you saw this on our local news the other day. I did. But evidently, there was this family who had amassed and bought all of these Disney cards. They were trying to build up, I think, $10,000 in $100 gift cards, what they thought were Disney parks that could go towards Disney parks, but it ended up being Disney plus cards. And so not valid for Disney parks, but I was glad to hear that the Disney PR team did reach out to them. They are working with them, but they told that family they would have to scan every single card for them to be able to refund it back to them, which I understand, I mean, it was a stack going to be a pain, but at least I was glad to hear that Disney is working with them. They didn't have to do that. Um, They have a scanning thing on the My Disney Experience now, yeah, which makes it a lot easier. Now, I'm not saying that that's fun. I'm just saying the fact that they were, you know, this was not really their fault. And technically, they shouldn't have had to take care of it. Not technically, if you would have read the tickets, you know, but I understand it was. um, And that's what the daughter was saying was, well, they're older. And I understand that. But I also think that if there's a question, you should ask somebody in your family or you should even ask the merchant where you're getting these things from, because I feel like they're not going to have you do that. 
And I think some people just think, oh, it's a Disney card. Disney is Disney. They'll honor it for anything because it's Disney. Well, that's not true because those cards they bought were specifically for Disney Plus and Disney Plus only. Yeah, they said it, they would last for 75 years of Disney streaming services. It was just insane. I just saw that about the Target gift cards and I, I remembered that story and I was like, what? I did forget that one. I apologize. So thanks for bringing it up. Oh, it's okay. Well, thanks, Brad, for helping me do this. And I want to give a shout out all to the listeners. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us, especially during the holidays. Please go to Apple or Podbean and give us a rating or a comment. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, and it kind of gives us an idea of where you're coming from, where you are from, and lets us know a little bit about the people that are listening. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text me at 636-373-4497. You can also check us out on our social media account, The Mousecapades Podcast on Facebook. And so we'll have to see what 2024 brings, but you can be sure we'll be here with commentary on what's going on, the good and the bad, just like we have been for 2023. If you would like a free quote, contact Vicki at 636-373-4497. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki and Chrissy will be talking with Chrissy's brother, Dan, and her niece about their most recent trip to Disney World. And as always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the Mousecapades and More podcast. Well, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the trees to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and the plants and you take a glance at the fancy ants and then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come.